Hi guys, it's Hannah. Welcome back for episode 6 of my podcast, The Hypochondriac's Guide. I spend a lot of time thinking about strange and terrible ways that I might die, and now, with the help of this podcast, you can too. Today, I'm going to be talking about a disease called toxocariasis, caused by the parasite Toxocara. Toxocariasis is technically classified as a neglected tropical disease. Indeed, it does seem to be more prevalent in tropical countries, both because these countries may have poorer sanitation and because Toxocara eggs survive longer in soil that is warm and moist. However, classifying Toxocariasis as a purely tropical disease is highly misleading. In the United States, the seroprevalence rate is 13.9%. Seroprevalence is measured using antibodies. If a person has antibodies to a certain bacteria or parasite, that means they either currently have the disease or have previously been exposed. So about 14% of people in the U.S. have been exposed to this potentially debilitating disease, making it far from a purely tropical concern. The most common species of Toxocara lives in dogs and their relatives, while another common species lives in cats. Just as dogs and cats live all over the world, so does Toxocara. Adult parasites live as worm-like creatures in the intestinal tracts of dogs and cats. The female parasites can be up to 15 centimeters long and produce as many as 200,000 eggs per day. These eggs are excreted, and thus the infection can be passed on to other dogs or cats. But as with many parasites, Toxocara has a lot of accidental hosts. Once in the environment, the eggs can find their way into mice, rats, rabbits, sheep, and even people. Unfortunately for the parasite, we are a dead end. They need to get back into a dog or cat to reproduce. They can hatch into the larval form in humans, but they can never become adults. Since humans are accidental hosts, Toxocara isn't adapted to live inside of us. But this doesn't mean that Toxocara can't still cause a lot of damage. After the eggs are ingested, they hatch in the gut and the larvae burrow into the wall of the intestines and find their way into the bloodstream. From there, the larvae can get anywhere in the body. They can't mature or reproduce, but instead form cysts, which cause major tissue damage in whatever organ they infest. The symptoms of Toxocariasis vary depending on which organ the larvae end up in. If they end up in the lungs, they can cause coughing and difficulty breathing, which is often mistaken for asthma. If they end up in the liver, they can produce a form of hepatitis. If they find their way into the eyes, they can cause irreversible blindness. Toxocara larvae can also end up in the brain. Here, they cause fevers, headaches, and seizures. Covert toxocariasis, also called CT, is also troubling. Covert toxocariasis produces less severe but more varied symptoms, including headache, sleep difficulties, coughing, abdominal pain, and behavioral changes. Because of the somewhat milder and nonspecific nature of these symptoms, covert toxocariasis may go years without being diagnosed. Although the other symptoms are certainly unpleasant, it's perhaps the behavioral changes category that's the most disturbing. In their animal hosts, Parasites have evolved ways to sneakily manipulate the behavior of hosts to enhance their own survival. For example, in studies in mice, certain parasites manipulate memory and anxiety behaviors by tweaking levels of neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, and GABA. Although it's much harder to measure these changes in humans, there is some preliminary evidence that toxocara infection might affect cognition and mental health. For example, a large study performed in the United States found that children who were seropositive for Toxocara performed significantly worse on cognitive tests than children who had never been exposed to Toxocara. 
This held true even after controlling for a number of other factors, including socioeconomic status, gender, blood lead levels, etc. Some studies have even found that seroprevalence for Toxocara is significantly higher in those hospitalized for psychiatric disorders, especially schizophrenia. At present, these studies are only correlational, but animal studies provide some causation as well. Mice infected with high loads of Toxocara perform significantly worse on cognitive tests and have alterations in the dopamine system. The symptoms of Toxocara infection are indeed worrisome. However, symptoms are also incredibly diverse, and thus it is very difficult to diagnose toxocariasis. Tests for antibodies made in response to Toxocara do exist, but physicians may not always know to perform these tests. Knowledge of toxocariasis is limited, even among doctors. In a recent troubling study of pediatricians in the United States, less than half were able to correctly identify the symptoms of toxocariasis. Furthermore, even once a correct diagnosis has been made, treatment options are limited. Toxocariasis is most commonly treated with the antiparasite drug albendazole. However, this drug has extremely limited efficacy. In one clinical trial, albendazole only cured about 30% of patients. Even though albendazole and a related compound called mebendazole were developed in the 1970s and 80s, there have not since been any further clinical trials on potential drugs to treat toxocariasis. So just to review, toxocariasis potentially infects millions of U.S. citizens. It's difficult to diagnose, treatments are of limited efficacy, and no vaccine is available, nor is one under development. It can cause everything from liver damage to blindness and even potentially cognitive impairments. And yet, toxocariasis remains largely ignored. Monica Paris of the CDC writes that, quote, the perception that parasitic diseases are no longer relevant or important is a major impediment to implementing currently available control and prevention strategies. And she's right. Parasitic diseases are usually viewed as a problem only in the developing world, and yet Toxocara is very much present in first world nations as well. So how can you keep yourself safe from toxocariasis? As with most diseases, the best thing you can do is to wash your hands. The CDC also specifically urges people to wash their hands after handling pet waste, which personally feels like a bit of a no-brainer. Children are also at particular risk because they are germ monsters who eat dirt and don't wash their hands, so you can also reduce your risk by not being a child. That's it for this week. Music is by the band Broke for Free. If you liked this podcast, or if you didn't, please rate it or leave a comment on iTunes. Your feedback is really helpful. Thanks so much for listening to the Hypochondriac's Guide. See you next time.